0: Red Rocks Church, how we doing? Come on, can you just keep that going if you're expected and excited over this mixtape weekend? I'm fired up, guys. I am two Red Bulls deep this evening. So I'm going to need you to reciprocate some energy, and uh, if you could just keep some of that energy going, Littleton Campus, can you help me welcome everybody that's watching online, everybody at our God Behind Bars campuses, Lakewood, Arvada, God Behind Bars, Brussels campus, and last but not least, Texas. He say, Texas? You guys sound good here at the Littleton Campus. I hope you guys are fired up at all of our campuses across the world Isn't it cool we can say that? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Um, I'm fired up this weekend because we're going to be talking about relationships over the next five weeks. And I don't know about you, but um, people kind of are in my life, and they're probably in your life. And people can be confusing sometimes. Anybody just get frustrated with people? Maybe... Coming through one of our parking lots this weekend, you're a little frustrated with some people. Can I get an amen? Um, One of the things that we're going to be taking a look at is what it means to put together kind of a mixtape, if you will, from what God's Word has to say about how we should conduct the relationships in our life. And some of you might be seeing some graphics of something that kind of looks a little bit like this, and you're like, what on earth is that? Like, we got a young church, and you're like, good night, that looks like prehistoric. What is that music-playing apparatus? This is called a cassette. Anybody know what one of these things is? Come on. <laughs> let's, let's rep the old school. Like, for those of you that are young, we have a young church, and you don't know what a cassette is. Like, these things, these things are old school. Like, these things, we played music on these things a long, 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 long time ago. Like... Like before Sean Johnson had gray hair, we were playing these. <laughs> About that long ago, we were listening to cassette tapes and before we had something called a playlist, we had something called a mixtape. Anybody make a mixtape before? <laughs> Mixtapes have come a long way, uh, but the, the heart and the philosophy behind the mixtape has stayed pretty true throughout the generations. Like, mixtapes were designed for specific occasions, and they were designed to move the human heart. Have you ever had a, a mixtape designed for a breakup? Oh, someone says, oh. Felt that. Yes. Come on, you, you, get the, you get the breakup, and you just go right home, and you put the cassette tape in, a boys to men. Anybody done that? Anybody been there? It's the end of Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Some of you didn't have it for a breakup, maybe you had it for a hookup. Nobody wants to nobody wants to claim that one in church. For me, I, I like I like the mixtape for the road trip. Anybody when you hit the open road, you gotta have the right tunes. And there's very small margin of error when you're making a mixtape for a road trip. You, hit, you get a couple bad songs in there, a couple nickelbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying to hold your eyelids open, you know what I mean? Any of you guys like me, and you make a playlist or a mixtape for your time at the gym. The playlist, y'all, can make or break your gym session. And more often than not, for me, I I get a couple nickelbacks inside there. And next thing I know, I go from leg day to sauna day. Anybody with me? Everyone's like, look at those skinny jeans. He skips leg day a lot. (laughs) Skips it a lot. But the whole philosophy behind mixtape is that you would design a playlist that was going to help move you for whatever the occasion that you found yourself in. And so what we want to do over the next five weeks is create for you a bit of a relationship playlist as it relates to God's word, because just like a a mixtape is meant to move us, where our hope is that throughout the next five weeks, some of you move in the direction that God has intended for your relationships in your life, because what God has planned for our relationships is good, good, good news. Anybody (laughs) expecting for better relationships in 2019? We want to create a mixtape that moves us. And and part of this, this is interactive. It's a two-way street. When you came in here, you had an invitation card that looks like a mixtape. Those are so cool. Make sure that you get that, and you can take a picture and text it to people. But invite somebody in your life over the next five weeks, because I promise you it's going to make a very, very, very big impact. Are you good? Can you commit to that? Come on, come on. Because here's the, here's the fact of the matter. The reason why we wanted to have a relationship series is because stats are going to tell us that 50% of marriages will end in divorce. 50%. Look around the room real fast, whatever location you're at. Look around the room. Come on, put your head on the swivel. Half of the people in this room, when they in, enter into a marriage relationship, stats will say... It's not going to end very well. It's going to end in divorce. That means we have a relationship epidemic. And I'm just hopeful. I don't say that to criticize or to condemn. If you've been through divorce, I I say that so that as you look around the room, you go, Man, I'm not the only one that's got issues. (laughs) Anybody glad you're not the only one that has issues? (laughs) Lean to your neighbor and tell him. Hey, I got problems, too. I got problems, too. Now, we're talking good mixtapes. Anybody received a bad mixtape? Any, any of you got that friend? We, I think we all got that friend that's like, Hey, I put together something that you're going to love. I mean, it's like really good music. And then you put it in, and you realize... Good music is kind of relative. Like, this is a whole load of garbage. Anybody got a friend like that? You might be sitting next to them. You can just nudge them and just say, that's a word for you that God's speaking to you. I think as it relates to our relationships, a lot of us have received a bad mixtape. We've received some bad information. Maybe you didn't have the greatest role models when it came to marriage or friendship. Maybe somebody handed you a bad mixtape and you learned about sex and intimacy the wrong way. Maybe you learned about friendships the wrong way. Maybe you you learned about marriage the wrong way. Our hope is that we can help course correct because 50%, that's hard to sleep at night as a pastor knowing that 50% of the marriages that are taking place in this city are gonna end in divorce. And the shocking thing is, is that in the church, within the walls of the church, the stats aren't all that different. So for people that claim to have an advantage called God's word, I think we're missing something. And I I believe with all of my heart this weekend, I want to encourage some of us. Some of us are looking at the relationships in our life and we go, I got a relationship problem. Like, I got got, got a problem. Like, our relationship isn't good. The stats say that some people in this room right now are facing a divorce. And my hope is that through this church, we can be a part of changing the statistics, not only here in our city, but around the world. Anybody excited about being a part of changing the statistics? 50%. It's kind of like going to buy a car, and right when you're about to sign... The dealer says, hey, listen, you should, you should know this before you sign. Like half of these cars, half of these cars that are out in the lot, they, they explode just spontaneously while you're driving it. Like I don't know about you, but I'm not like, give me two, baby. Take all my money. Take all my money. I'm telling him I'm going to be driving a bike for a long time, right? But I think a lot of us jump into relationships and jump into marriage in particular haphazardly. We know the statistics, yet we jump into relationships not knowing what it's going to cost us, not knowing what it's going to take. And so my hope this weekend is to change this, but I want to do so in kind of an unorthodox way, if I will. Because I think for a lot of us, when we start looking at our relationships, you start going, man, I got some problems, Someone this week, I'd never heard this phrase before, but they said, man, my relationship's really bad. My wife and I were like two squirrels fighting in a burlap sack. (laughs) That bad, huh? Some of you guys are right there, though. And I want to help maybe speak some life and encourage you this weekend to maybe get your eyes off of your problematic relationship and maybe see through the lens of Scripture that the problem might not be through the we but it might be with me like some of the problems that you're facing right now in your relationship be careful because I think once we look at scripture we're going to start maybe getting our eyes off of what they're doing wrong and what's wrong with my relationship and with what's wrong with who I'm in a relationship with and you're going to start going oh my goodness I think I might be the problem So as we look to God's word, I hope to encourage some of us this weekend, because I want us to make sure that we have unbelievable relationships, but I want to talk to us, whether you're married or you're single, I want to talk to us this weekend on the idea of our singleness. Where are my single people at? Come on, make some noise. Let them know you're here. Let them know you're here. Wave your hands around. Keep your head on a swivel. Single people, this is what you're working with. This is what you're working with. Where are my married people at? More energetic than the single people, I'll say that. Come on now. I want to talk to us on the idea of singleness. And before some of you that are married begin to check out and go, Man, I thought this was going to be a relationship series. And you're going to talk about people that ain't in no relationship? Before you start judging, I want to encourage us because whether you are married, whether you are separated, whether you are engaged, whether you are single, no matter whatever your relational status is, this is going to be a message I believe that is going to bless you this weekend because I think sometimes we think we have a relationship problem, but really we have a singleness problem. I want to talk to us this weekend on what it might look like to go internal, let me illustrate this, what I mean when I talk about a singleness problem. My wife and I, we've been dating since we were about six years old. We, uh, we were high school sweethearts, and I can remember going into college. We were seniors. My wife's an athlete. She plays uh, soccer. She can kick my butt. She's amazing. She left for school a couple weeks early, and she's doing all the camp and stuff that cool athletic people do. And I can remember seeing some things on her social media. And she was texting me like, oh, we're out with all the soccer teams, the guys and the girls. And I'm like, oh, good for you. Have so much fun. (laughs) Have so much fun with all the athletic guys. (laughs) Here I am skipping leg day. (laughs) And I started seeing something peek out of my heart that I had never noticed before. Like, Like some insecurity, like, it was, it, was, it was showing itself in a way that I had never noticed before. And then a couple weeks later, I get to university, and I'm like, boom, I'm at college with my girl. Let's go on a date tonight. Like, this is going to be amazing. And she's like, hey, listen, all the athletic teams are getting together for a banquet tonight for all the people that got athletic and academic scholarships. And I'm like, something inside of me just panicked. Like the CD student that skipped leg day doesn't like the fact that my wife's going to hang out with honor roll guys that are all beefed and jacked up, like something just didn't feel right. And I started to panic internally and I started to freak out because next thing I know, my wife and I are in this contentious, then we were dating, we're in this contentious argument and I'm going, why don't you spend time with me? She's like, dude, it's a banquet. Like, like chill out for a second. But I realized really quickly that in my relationship, I had placed such a high demand on my girlfriend to make me feel valued and significant and loved and accepted. And in the moment that that felt threatened, I pointed the finger and I said, it's your fault. Have you ever been there? Has insecurity ever crept into your relationship? Like, Have you ever been in a relationship and you catch yourself wanting so desperately to check your fella's phone? It's quiet. (laughs) You're going, I don't feel valued in this relationship, so surely homeboy is texting somebody else on the side. Like, like surely he's he's chatting with some other gals. He's playing the field because I'm just going to look for any reason to validate why I don't feel valuable in this relationship because it's, Your fault. I don't feel valued. Have you been there? You're quiet. I might be in your kitchen. Don't get me started on some of our social media. Some of us, we we post a picture, and over the next hour, we're on our Instagram, we're on our Facebook about 10 times over the next hour checking to see what kind of likes, what kind of feedback we're getting. Like, Like I'm throwing myself out there. Do people like me? Like, do people like what I'm saying? Like, I worked hard for this angle, right? Like, like this is art. Do they appreciate it? Or do they not like what I'm working with? Do they think I'm ugly? Do they think I'm not beautiful? Fill in the blank. Sometimes there's a deficit in our hearts, and we place the priority on the others, the relationships in our lives to affirm us. I need you to tell me I'm valuable. I need you to tell me that I'm accepted. I need you to tell me that I'm loved. And so, some of you, you wake up every single morning looking to your Instagram to get your identity instead of looking to the Word of God. How often do you wake up in the morning going, let's see what I'm working with. Am I good enough? How come I don't have as many followers? We're just starving for security, starving for affirmation, starving for somebody to take notice all the while our security just feels like it's deteriorating. You see, statistics say that 70% of Christian men are addicted to pornography. I think there's an epidemic of people going, listen, I, I, I just don't feel satisfaction. I don't feel pleasure. I don't feel loved. I don't feel valued. And so I'm going to go online and try to find something just to make me feel something. Because I don't have intimacy. For whatever reason, I'm not getting the love that I feel like I deserve, that I feel like I need. Guys, the stats are just Staggering. Even me as a pastor, I don't stand up here condemning. Right after I leave this stage, I promise you I will have a wave of insecurity going, did I do good enough? Man, did this help anybody? I worked so hard. You know, like, did did people like me? Was I funny enough? Was I too serious? Did I spit too much on the front row? People like my shoes. Come on. But that's just me. We, 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 we go throughout most of our life with this deficit, like I step into my relationships and I'm just hoping that somebody's going to affirm me. Somebody's going to make me feel valued and loved and accepted. And I believe that we place a wrong expectation on people that are in our relationships. I need you to make me feel valued. And if, if you don't make me feel that way, I'll find someone who will. And so we jump from relationship to relationship to relationship, thinking that we have relationship problems, but the problem isn't with the we. The problem is with me. I wonder, do you have a problem in your heart right now? Are you placing improper expectations on the people that are in your life, because I believe that there is a lie, a subtle lie, but a a pervasive lie throughout our culture that says that, man, if I could just get married, like if I could just get somebody in my life, my life's gonna be a lot better. Like if I could just find the right person that's gonna value me and realize they get what they get and I've got it going on, like then then, then I'll be valuable, right? Then I'll feel loved. I'll feel accepted, But until I find that right person, I'll never feel that. Like I I blame, for those of you that watch The Office, I blame Michael Scott. The whole idea with he and Jan, you complete me. Like a lot of us go throughout life looking for that person that's gonna fill us up, right? Well, like we're, we're half empty and we're just trying to find the other half to complete us. But the pervasive lie within the whole you complete me philosophy is that until I find you, I'll always be incomplete. I-, I wonder if today maybe I could help you see through the lens of Scripture that maybe you are complete. You are whole. You are enough. You are loved. You are accepted. You are valued. And not just by us, but you're valued by the creator of the entire universe. You. 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 You're whole. You are complete. What I love about the Bible is that this whole thing is a narrative of our creator expressing his love, his value, and his acceptance of us. But I think there's a lot of people that come in on the weekends and they hear these these talks and they go, man, that's amazing. I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm accepted. And then we go right out into the world and we go, all right, relationships, all right, husband, all right, wife, all right, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, make me feel valued. Make me feel enough. Make make me feel like I'm accepted and loved by you. And, And the whole narrative of the scriptures Is that you are indeed loved, accepted, and valued by Jesus Christ. If you don't believe me, open your Bibles to John 3.16. All you religious people are going, I got that memorized. Let's let's just read this real fast because this is like the thesis statement of the gospel. Like if you want to boil it down into one statement, read this with me. John 3.16, for God so loved the world... Raise your hand if you are in the world right now. I know marijuana is legal and some of you might not be here this morning or this afternoon, but you're in the world. You are here. The fact that you are here means that the creator of the universe loves you. Come on, that better make somebody happy this weekend. I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what baggage you're carrying, but the creator of the universe loves you. We know that we're loved. And then he goes on to say, He loved us so much that He gave His one and only Son. How valuable are you? God gave His only Son for you. I'd say you're pretty valuable. Can you believe that the creator of the universe, the one who who had the idea of creating this whole world, said one day I'm gonna give my son, my only son, just to demonstrate, I don't need to do it, I can do it another way, but I just wanna demonstrate to a world that's gonna feel undervalued. I just want them to see just through one act of obedience through my son how valuable they are. You are loved, you are valued and look what he says that whoever believes, that whoever believes, who's he talking to? Anybody. He says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right here, we see that we are loved, we are valued, and anybody, no matter where you come from, can boldly approach Jesus Christ. You are accepted. I wonder what that would do for us if we went into our relationships knowing I'm whole. Like like spouses, hear me out. This is a singleness issue. This This is an identity issue. What if you really believed that the creator of the universe was just crazy in love with you? Could that be enough so that when you step into your relationships, you're going, I'm whole, I'm complete, I lack nothing, and so whatever you can give me is just icing on the cake. But I think a lot of us go into relationships, and we put all these expectations on our spouse, on our significant other. You better make me feel this way. Because if you don't, I'll find somebody that will. And the whole narrative of Scripture is everything that you lack you can find in Jesus. Culture is going to tell you that if you don't feel loved, it's because you haven't found somebody that's going to love you. So keep looking. The person that doesn't make you feel loved right now, go find somebody else, somebody else that will. Culture is going to tell us if you don't feel valued right now, it's just because you haven't found the person that's going to make you feel valuable. So keep looking. Culture is going to tell you. If you haven't felt accepted, just find somebody that's not going to reject you. Like, you got to find the right one. Find the person that's going to complete you, that's going to fill your cup. I just wanted to encourage us this weekend that maybe you're enough. What if you went into your relationship feeling enough? I wonder how it would affect the way that you could enter into a marriage, the way that you could enter into a dating relationship. I wonder how your friends would benefit some of you. You don't have a relationship problem. You have an expectation problem. But it doesn't stop there because your expectations are being shaped because you have an identity problem. I'm going to say it again. Some of you think that you have a relationship problem, but really you have an expectation problem. Like you're demanding so much from somebody that can never do what you're hoping for them to do, and you are setting yourself up for destruction. But the reason that you're doing that is because you don't know who you are. Your problem is actually an identity problem, not a relationship problem. You see, if you look on the screens, most of us start with expectations, We enter into a relationship and we go, listen, here's the expectations. You better make me feel loved. You better make me feel valued. You better make me feel appreciated. You better make me feel secure. And if not, then our relationship has problems. I want us to pause this weekend. If you're single, if you're married, this is going to help you regardless. I want us to rewind a few steps because from the standpoint of scripture, the Bible, we're going to take a look at a verse in just a second. The Bible's going to encourage us that the first step in having a healthy relationship is having healthy identity. Step number one for you to have a healthy marriage isn't to adjust your expectations on your spouse. Like for you to pick your significant other, it's not to, to set your expectations the right way. The first step for us to have healthy relationships is to have a healthy identity. And you can't find an unshakable, secure identity anywhere other than the love of Jesus Christ. I mean it. Like, it, like, put your relationship to the test. If, if your relationship and your security is contingent upon the expectations that you put on other people, watch how your relationship will teeter-totter. One moment you guys are on fire and you got it going on, and then the next moment you feel like the world is falling apart and the wheels are coming off. Has anybody been there? The only way that you can have an identity that is unshakable, that is secure, if you struggle with insecurity, the only way that you can have a secure, unshakable identity is if it is rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. Because the love of Jesus Christ, it does not change, Scripture says. The love of Jesus Christ, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will show you rest. Like, you don't have to have it together. You can just come to me. Some of you need to realize this weekend that your, your relationship problem is actually an identity problem. And if you could just truly grasp John 3.16, the verse Tim Tebow wrote. <laughs> Some of you are new and you're like, he did it would change the way you love. Do you have your Bible? Open up to John 15. Doug, our lead pastor of our Austin campus, he taught out of this passage last weekend. One of the things I love about the scriptures is that they're so simple. Like, like we can pull so many truths from the same passage. Jesus' truth is simple. And it says this in John fifteen nine. He he gives us a demonstration of what love should look like. And he says this, I have loved you even as my father has loved you. Now, hold up. Let's push pause. Don't read on. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And he's speaking to people like you and me. He's saying, listen, I've loved you the same way that, that, that God has loved me. Now, raise your hand if you have any problems in your life. If you aren't raising your hand, you got problems in your life because you're a liar. Raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. If you have a sin problem, lift up your hand. If you have issues in your life, this is what Jesus Christ says to you. He says, I love you the same way that God Almighty, my Father, has loved me. Think about that. Guys, that's such good news. Like like the, the Savior of the universe, God Almighty, he loves you. The same way God has loved his own son. And he goes on to say, remain. Circle that word in your Bibles. Write it on your hand. Remain. He says, remain. That's personal action. That is your job. Remain in my love. How do we do that, Jesus? Great question. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. What are the commandments, Jesus? How do we do that? I'm glad you asked again. So smart. He says in verse 11, I have told you these things that you may be filled with joy. Anybody want to be filled with joy this year? Anybody want joy in your relationships? Joy in your life? About four people at Littleton Campus want joy. Does anybody want joy? Goodness, it's like pulling teeth here. He says, yes, your joy will overflow. Verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. Lean in. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Like Think about this for a second. The creator of the universe just expressed his love for you. And he says, listen, you want to remain in this love? You want, you, you want to have this all the time? You want to know what my love is like? You want to know the width and the breadth and the depth and the height of my love? Go love others. Go love others. Here's what Jesus is saying. Lean into this. Imagine with me the world's richest man, and he's trying to communicate to you how rich he is. And he does this. This would be amazing. He writes you a million dollar check and he says, here you go. Give this away as fast as you can and I'll write you another. And then, and then once you give that million dollars away, I'll write you another. And, and the faster that you give it away, the more millions that I'm going to send your way. And what Jesus is trying to say is, listen, I'm going to allow you to abide in my unconditional, radical love. All that you have to do is try to give it away. Yeah. Like there's no conditions to this. He says you don't have to earn this love. Like, you don't have to, 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 to crawl your way out. You don't have to doctor yourself up. I'll give you my love, and I'll give it as fast as possible. I'll give it without requirements. But all that I want you to do is to just give it away. The only way that you can give away love is when you abide and remain and God's love because what God's love will speak over you time and time again is that you are loved, you are valued, and you are accepted. And just when you feel like you've exhausted that, he will go, another check's in the mail. Just you wait. And one of the beautiful things is is the, the, the further that you go into the love of God, the sooner that you will begin to realize the unconditional love of God towards you is amazing And notice that God's love is unconditional. He models for us, remove the unhealthy expectations. But he says, don't you worry, I'm gonna do it first. Like with you, I'm gonna remove the unhealthy expectations and I'm just here to give because my love is gonna fill you up to overflow, to overflow, to overflow so much so that your joy is gonna overflow. Just give it away, just give it away. But first, abide. Friends, abiding will change you. Abiding will change the way that you think about yourself. It will change what you believe about yourself. It will change the way that you interact with others. Some of us today need to be given permission to run hard and fast into the love of God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When I love God most, I'll love others best. I'm serious. Write it down. When I love God most, I'll be able to love others as best as I possibly can because there's something about the love of God that's going to change me. I'm going to start realizing I don't deserve this. So the next time you're in relationship and somebody doesn't deserve it, you go, man, that wasn't a requirement for me. Here's my love. I love you unconditionally. Think about how that would change our love. If you have your Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians. And I'm gonna close with this. This is a passage that so many of us have read. It's probably been read at your wedding day. For those of you that'll get married one day, it'll probably be read at yours as well. This is a passage, and it's all about the love of God. And for those of you that have never experienced the love of God, and you're like, I don't even know what that looks like. Like, I I don't know a love without conditions. Every relationship that I'm in, it it has the pros and cons, the give and the take. I, I wanna read for us what a love without conditions looks like. Like, when I'm talking about the love of God, it's radical. It doesn't make sense. So many of us want love, but we don't want to pay the price for it. We want to receive it, but we don't want to have to give it away. It's too costly. Here's the love that Jesus says is available to us, and it's the same love he wants us to give away. 1 Corinthians 13 4 says this love is large, it's huge. It's incredibly patient as well. Love is gentle. It's consistently kind to all. No conditions. You want love? I can show you love. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Come on, somebody. A love like that removes jealousy. It says love does not brag about one's achievements, nor does it inflate its own importance. Love doesn't traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek to honor its own. Love is not easily irritated. My gosh, I need that. It doesn't quickly take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Come on, does somebody need a safe place this weekend? I promise you that there are people in your life that need a safe place of shelter, and they may never find it if you can't get this love in your heart and give it away. The world is dying for a safe place. And they're only going to see it through you and through me. It says, for it never stops believing the best in others. Some of you need that today. Keep going. You feel discouraged. You feel like giving up. Keep going. We believe the best in you. God believes in the best in you. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never, 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 never gives up. Come on. I don't know if this makes you excited, but this is the love that is available to you. It's the love that's available to me. I didn't earn this love. I didn't deserve this love. When I was far from God, the Bible says that Jesus took on the cross. Why? To demonstrate his love. Come on, this will set you free. It'll set you free to love people the way that Jesus loves you. It's so fun. When you can walk into a room and go, I'm whole. I don't need anything from you, but I actually actually came to give you something. And I got to give it away. Because once I do, I am more at every location would you stand your feet if you are able and I want to pray for us I believe God's going to do a fresh work I believe that we are just getting started as a church and what is about to take place in this church is going to send shockwaves throughout the nations of the world I promise you that But the message of this church is that we're going to be a place that welcomes home people that don't belong, people that don't deserve our love. We're going to be a people that give it away freely. And as soon as we give it away, as fast as we give it away, we got another check in the mail. Our love's not inferior. Our love doesn't need requirements. You don't have to pre for the love of God. It's free. It's a gift. But we have to remember that in order for us to love people effectively, we got to know who we are and whose we are. So this weekend, I want to pray for some of us this weekend with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, I just pray for people in this place, whether they're single or they're married or remarried or divorced, or maybe they're going through a dark night of the soul relationally. God, I just pray, would you help them to look to your love, dive headlong into your love, Jesus, your love is the only sure foundation. It is the only thing that is immovable. It doesn't change. It doesn't change upon the day or upon the action. God, your love for us is unchangeable. God, it doesn't wear out. It doesn't give up. And God, we just thank you for that love. Help us to look to you this weekend. And God, if we want to remain in a love like that, all we got to do is give it away. All we got to do is give it away. God, help us to be a people that don't see our issues in our relationships, but our issues are here. And it frees us, God, to love the way that you have loved. And God, I just pray that you would help Red Rocks Church across the world begin to have a movement of the love of God. Because the world is craving to experience your love. God, we pray all these things because of the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And everybody at all locations, lift up a shout of praise and let us worship together.